Hey guys, welcome to episode number two of the Make War podcast. My name is Carson Cunnan and I'm joined alongside by Peyton Gardner. And today we are actually introing a new series called Spiritual Disciplines. And so throughout the next couple of episodes, we're going to be talking about just a variety of Christian disciplines. And this one, we're going to be focusing specifically on sharing the gospel. Now, last week, or not last week, but last episode, we talked we talked about more than a couple weeks. <laughs> more than a, it's been yeah, it's been way more than a couple of weeks. Um, last week we talked about or oh my gosh, I just said it again. Um, we we talked about the gospel and what Jesus's life and death and resurrection means for us as believers and what it invites us into. And so this week we're talking about sharing the gospel, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. And this is something that we are called to do as Christians. Jesus makes that obviously clear in Matthew 28, 19 through 20, where it says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. There are a few other scriptures too that we have that go along with this. Mark 16, 15 through 16 says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And so this is just a clear command from Christ to go and to preach the gospel. And I think a lot of times as Christians, we're scared to do this Mm -hmm. for fear of what other people think, for fear of not being able to have enough wisdom or maybe articulate things well. And so how can we overcome some of these challenges and how can we step into everything that Christ has called us to do in terms of actually saying the words and, and, and being bold enough to get out there? Cause that's hard, man. It's hard. And I feel like sometimes like I've experienced the Holy Spirit prompting me to say something to someone and then failing to actually follow through with yeah. that, you know? Failing so, to go through it. yeah. It is tough. It's like, it's so weird, even for, I feel like, a lot of people that are gifted in speaking and like super bubbly. Like, sharing the gospel for some reason is just like so strange and like this hard thing to do. Uh, and I, th- I think that's it's because of the weight of it. Like it's it's the most heavy message to share with people, but it's also the most freeing. So like the importance of the content that we're sharing with people is, I think, the reason why it might be harder than anything, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It reminds me of First Corinthians where it talks about being a steward of the mysteries of God mm-hmm. and how we have this great news and sometimes we're just complacent. You know, we, we just want to keep it for ourselves. We're selfish, right? We don't want to share because of fear or because of people pleasing or because of even persecution, right? Like we think yeah. about countries in the Middle East that if you even claim the name of Jesus, like you will be killed or you'll be raped. You know, I mean, the cost of preaching the gospel in other countries is a lot different than it is here in the United States. And... And man, I mean, I feel like. Here's what I found. Oh, come on, Siri. We found Jesus, Siri. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you want to hear the gospel, Siri? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if Siri knows. Like, if we asked Siri, what's the gospel? Would she know? Guarantee she would not. She's a heathen. No way. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta evangelize her. <laughs> Seriously. Come on, Siri. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, Giving back to, like, like why do we do it i think the the best reason is because of the verses that you just read is because jesus told us to yep and the person that has given us salvation that has reconciled us to god and gotten rid of all of our sins he's like hey i want you to share this freedom with as many people as you can like like that's the reason like why would we not he said to and we should also care for people enough to actually like show them this freedom that's found in Christ. That reminds me of, I don't remember exactly what gospel it's in, but if we love him, we will keep his commandments. 
Yeah. And I'm not exactly sure where that is, but it's, it's so true. And that's such a clear commandment because going back to Matthew 28, it says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. That part about observing all that I have commanded you, I think sometimes if we are not in the word of God, we find it hard to go and evangelize and to, and to preach the gospel because we don't know what Jesus has commanded us because we're not in the word and we're right. not engaging in that. And because we're not meditating on that and spending time doing that. Um, but yeah, I think that's an important, an important point to just remember is the more that we sit with God the more that we engage with scripture, the more that we read about what Jesus has commanded and the more that we read about him, right. the more that we'll fall in, fall in love with him, be passionate about him, and then it will naturally come as opposed to like trying to force it and try to articulate yeah. it. Um, and I think it just comes more naturally that way because it's out of a genuine love for Christ and not of, out of a dry religious practice of, oh, we have to do this because that's what Jesus says to do. But instead we get to do this because like you said, it's the greatest gift and because it's life changing. Right. right. Yeah. And the power is not in us either. And, and the power is not in our ability to articulate or sound educated when we say it, it's just Christ crucified. It's just Jesus bearing the weight of our sin for us so that we might have a right relationship with God. I mean, there's knowing God, there's, there is no other thing that we should desire besides knowing the living God. That's it. Mic drop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. No, I, I'm a hundred percent with you. I think that the biggest hindrance to Christians sharing the gospel is is really just looking at ourselves and not at God. Mm. I think it's, oh, I'm not equipped enough. Yep. I don't know enough. My personality is not the right personality to do that, which, I mean, for me, I'm a, I'm a quieter dude, but like that doesn't excuse me from not sharing this goodness that I found in Christ. It's just, hey, you know what? It might look a little bit different, but I'm still called to actually go and share the message. Yeah. Um, that's so important too. Just you don't have to be an extrovert to share the gospel. No, not at all. And I think sometimes we like to we like to dismiss our responsibility because maybe we're not as gifted in that area, but that doesn't mean that God hasn't still called us to share. Right. And so what does that look like? Like how can we overcome that? Even like you said, are you would you say you're more of an introvert? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Oh, yeah. So how do you, in your experience, like maybe if you can think of a time when you were sharing the gospel with someone, like how do you overcome that maybe fear of engaging someone being that you're more introverted? I think that, um, that's a great question. It's just overall, I think, being bold about God and being bold about what you believe um, specifically there, there's one guy, it wasn't even, um, me planning on sharing, um, like the gospel message. It was just like, I was actively talking about what I was involved in. I was actively saying, yes, my, my church does this. I'm involved in this small group and all these different things. And eventually I was, I was sharing little things about like Jesus here and there, but it wasn't this grand mm, presentation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and eventually you mentioned something about, um, this group, on um, through campus ministry, uh, finding freedom. I was like, yeah, uh, these finding freedom guys, um, they want me to be on their panel, um, recently married and it's all about, um, how to be free from sexual sin. And I was telling them about like how, um, a lot of these guys are addicted to pornography and all this stuff and just being super open about that and being like, yeah, like God can provide freedom through this. This guy totally like opened up and he was just like, dude, like I've been struggling with this for so long and like I need to get free from this. And I'm like, dude, I have the answer. His name is Jesus. Like, <laughs> so like wow. th through that, just being open about like 
being a Christian and not necessarily having this big presentation, mm. it, it really had this guy open in a, a way that he was like, yeah, I, I need help in this way. That's incredible. Like, I think sometimes we try to overcomplicate it, right? Yeah. You know, and we try to th- construct in our mind that like, here's, st- here's step one to sharing the gospel. Here's step two, step three, step four. I think people just need to be in relationship and you just have to be concerned about someone else and ask them about themselves and share about what you are doing in your life and church groups that you're involved in and things. And those conversations come up naturally. I think sometimes we think we have to go up to someone without ever having talked to them before and just immediately preach the gospel yeah. without engaging in any sort of conversation before or getting to know them. Um, because it makes that conversation a lot easier when you actually show that you care about the other person and you're not just trying to get them to conform. I mean, obviously everyone needs Jesus and we need to, that needs to be a sense of urgency for us, but also we need to be relational with these people that we don't know. And that's a great example of that. You just like sharing your heart and sharing your life. And then it's like, oh, now we're having this conversation. I'm able to share Christ through that, which is just so, that's so encouraging. It was super cool. Like, I I didn't even know, like, what this kid was going through. And, like, I'd known him for a while, and I kind of knew that, like, he wasn't a Christian. I knew that he was engaged in just typical, like, worldly type stuff. But, like, he'd never shared anything like that with me until, like, I brought it up. And I was, like, not celebrating it like most people do. Like, Mm. Yeah, that that goes to just living counterculturally, you know, and... I think one of the ways that we live counterculturally is by sharing the good news. Yeah. And by doing it in truth, but with grace as well. So how do we come alongside people and love them and share the good news in a way that's gentle and understanding and caring, but also that has the truth that's required, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I'm trying to think of an example in my life where I have had an encounter with someone. It was actually interesting. I just got rid of my 2004 Pontiac Aztec. Dude, that car was so sick. <laughs> my dad kept it. such good care of that. Dad, if you're listening to this, you did a great job, man. It, the car was just in great, it was in great shape. I tried to sell it on Facebook Marketplace, but it just didn't work out. And so then I had this um, this junk parts dealer about 15 minutes away buy it for $500 and so they sent this tow truck guy out and him and I were just talking about life and everything and um I asked him he used to go to a local church and I was just asking him like so what do you think happens when you die and like trying to ask some more thought-provoking questions and stuff and and he actually ended up being a Christian and so it was cool just being able to have that conversation with him but he was someone that hasn't been in church the past couple of years with the pandemic and everything. And so I encouraged him. I'm like, man, you should get back into church. Like you need that community and, and everything. And it's like, he was saying the right things when I was asking him questions about Jesus and about like where he thinks he's going to go when he dies and, and everything like that. But I wasn't really sure if he was 100% fully a Christian or not. So I was praying for him and, you know, we prayed together and stuff, but I'm hoping to see him, you know, at our church just because I was like, dude, like I care about this guy. I don't really know him. And I'm glad I had a conversation with him and there wasn't really like a, this huge breakthrough moment. And I think sometimes we want to hear stories like what you shared earlier about like, Oh my gosh, this guy comes to this like realization, the Holy spirit, you know, kind of convicts him and he's having this conversation with you. Sometimes we can just plant seeds and we don't know what happens. Like, and I think that's something that we need to be comfortable doing because I think our culture celebrates the results and the, you know, Mm -hmm. the bottom line and okay, how much money are you making? And you know, what is like, what's the results and the, you know, yeah. And, and I think we need to just be comfortable with knowing that we can be faithful to what God is calling us to do and not always see that really crazy transformation in somebody after you preach the gospel to them. Right. Yeah. I mean, I wish I knew the, the verse of it, but Paul talks about how like he, he's the one who plants the seed and then like, who, who is it that 
I don't know, said like Silas Waters or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And then God does the growth. That's the whole deal. And and even with that example of that guy I just shared about, um, he ended up leaving. Um, he was a coworker. He ended up leaving this job earlier than he thought. He was going to graduate, and then he was going to work for a while, and then he was going to move back home. Um, but he ended up taking a job sooner than that, and I was so ticked. I was like, dude, like, I like you got set up and I was able to help plug you in. Yeah. I just didn't know if he became like a true follower of Christ yet. Like he, he was all like, you know, ready to go, like really seeking and like reading the Bible and all this stuff, but never was like, I, I was never like affirmed that like, mm. yes, like Jesus is Lord. I trust in him, that kind of thing. And so then he left and I was like, Oh no! Like I don't know where he's going. <laughs> I don't know if he's going to heaven or not. Like yeah. this sucks. Yeah. Um. So then, did you like, ever hear from him? Yeah. So like, oh man, it had to been like almost six months later. He texted me and he was like, "Hey, hey, bro! Like I just want to thank you so much for like everything you did, and I just want to let you know, like, I read through John. I read through first, second, and third John." Um, I'm reading Revelation right now, which I was like, Revelation for like somebody new. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, no? yeah. Um, but then he was like, Yeah, I've got a buddy um, nearby that like, I think they're going to church together or something. And he was just saying like, how he, he just wanted to let me know how much he's been like advancing in his faith and like getting to know God. And I was like, Like, that was totally a gift from the Lord to like affirm me, like, Hey, he has got this kid like mm. in his hands like i don't have to worry like I'm yeah not, i'm not the one that's carrying it on my back you know that goes back to what you were saying earlier about how we're so self-focused you know and yeah we don't let the lord because the lord obviously placed someone in his life that was mm. continuing that seed that you had planted yeah and i actually found the verse that you were talking about it's first corinthians 3 6 it says I planted, this is Paul talking, he says, I planted, Apollos watered, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. So it is not in our capacity to save someone. Yep. Obviously, we need to be obedient. Um but it was so clear and obvious that he, that God put that other guy in his life and was able to continue that work of you planting the seed, right? In that yeah. sense, like you're kind of like Paul planting the seed. And then this other guy is watering that seed and God's giving the growth all the way, you know? That's like so that's, cool. it's cool because God is always, he's always most concerned about his glory. He, and, and so there's no way that we can take any credit for anything. Yeah. In this situation. I mean, like, yes, we're being obedient to what he's called us to do. And that's great. But God's the one that's giving that growth and that's fostering that, um, this, that, that growth of faith and growth of an excitement and passion for Christ. And it's almost like in that conversation that you had with him, his eyes were opened. Right. Yeah. To his sin, to, you know, like, man, wow, there's somebody else that's struggling with pornography or like has had experience with it in the past. And, and here's what G- here's how Jesus freed him from that, and yeah, it's that's just really like an encouraging story, I think, and, and especially with how prevalent pornography is in our culture, and I think that's that's one that I mean I've definitely struggled with that in the past, um, but what a cool encounter that you had with him. Uh, it it was seriously great, and like for like listeners, just just don't be afraid to be bold and like speaking about christ and like especially when you think that somebody might not care or like somebody might be living so oppositely of like righteousness and godliness and all that stuff like continue to see them as somebody who is made by and loved by god Mm. and i think that that's something that i think i struggle with too i guess when it comes to sharing the gospel is like i'm discouraged by the way that people act and i think like there's no way that they'd want to hear this message like they wouldn't want to hear this message but which is so untrue because like who doesn't want to be saved from death 
Like who doesn't want eternal life? Everyone, everyone wants to hear it. It's just whether or not they want to accept it. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Definitely. I love that. That really, when you view someone as made in the image of God, before you even enter a conversation, you're already setting up your heart posture in the right way. Yeah. Because I think sometimes, you know, we can go into it and think, oh, well, they're unsaved and, you know, you get kind of caught in your mind and think, you know, negatively about them and think bad thoughts about them and, and, and then that ruins your compassion for them. So I think that's so true when, when you think about someone being made in the image of God, it softens your heart. It allows you to have compassion. Mm -hmm. It allows you to go into it from a different heart posture. And then you're able to share the gospel out of genuine love for them, knowing that God has forgiven you first. I think sometimes when I think about sharing the gospel, I'm like, well, I'm already good, you know, and they need it. And so I don't really feel like sometimes I'm on the same playing field as them when in reality, I need the gospel as much as they do, Ooh. even though I'm saved, you know, yeah, like I need yeah. the gospel every single day. I need Christ's righteousness and his forgiveness every single day in the same way that they so desperately need it. But I think sometimes I position myself in a self-righteous attitude, in a prideful attitude, mm -hmm. and I think, oh, well, I'm better than them. I think about, so I was team captain of a men's basketball league at our church this past winter. And that was something that I really, really had to, was really struggling through and wrestling with because a lot of the guys on my team were not saved. And so I was trying to figure out, okay, how do I go in there and be obedient to God and share the gospel with them, even though I didn't know where on the spectrum they were and with their faith or anything. Right. And I found myself a lot of times like becoming self-righteous and just elevating myself over them and thinking that I was better than them because I was saved. Even though there was nothing that I did to earn my salvation, it was all Christ. It was all Jesus. It was all the Holy Spirit that kind of beckoned me to obedience. And yes, I did answer that call. But I didn't do any of that transformative work. So how could I take credit for it? You know? Yeah. And so I think that's a really big barrier too that we need to we need to humble ourselves. We need to remember that we need the grace of God as much today as we did yesterday. And we need to remember that we're on the same playing field. We all need Jesus. You know, right. we all need the forgiveness and the reconciliation to God and so, yeah, so that was just something that I was thinking of, of like, man, like I need to stop being so prideful and I need, and I think that allows us to come alongside people too with compassion because we, you enter this conversation with somebody and you're like, we both need this. This is not a, I mean, obviously, yes, you need it, you know, yeah. but we need it just as equally, yeah. you know, and I think that ch fundamentally changes the way that you your heart posture is when you go into that situation too. Right. Yeah. Like, it, like this is my lifeline. Yeah. Hold on to it too. We, right. We, right. We, we both, need this together. Yeah. I love that, that analogy. Wow. Like that's great, man. Yeah. Pride. Definitely. Pride. Pride is such a big thing. It's like, we might not think we're being prideful when we like, don't choose to share the gospel with people, but really it is. Yeah. Like seriously, it's like, Man, who who are you to withhold this this life saving message of peace uh, through Jesus? Because it's a difference between eternal life and eternal damnation. That's yeah. what we're talking about. Like this is much bigger than an, a minor inconvenience or a personal preference that you have of not sharing the gospel. Like this, this comes down to something way bigger than your comfort, mm -hmm. you know, and your wisdom even in your ability to articulate or what you think, you know? So I think that is just so true. Um, and it, honestly, I think part of the reason sometimes that we're hesitant too is because we don't believe that we are backed by the Holy spirit, that we have the power of the Holy spirit. When we engage in those conversations, we're not alone. We're not alone. We're not. And why do we think we are? I mean, I think part of it is because we're dumb. We're so stupid. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. I mean, I think this individualistic culture really just elevates self. Yeah. And puts emphasis on self and, and education and, 
ability to to say the words in the right order and whatever um and that it kind of reminds me of Matthew 10:16 through 20 where it says behold i am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves so be wise as serpents and innocent as doves Beware of men, for they will deliver you over to the courts and flog you in their synagogues, and you will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake, to bear witness before them and the Gentiles. When they deliver you over, do not be anxious how you are to speak or what you are to say, for what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. So that just goes back to... It is not us. It is God speaking through us. And so we need to be able to remain in step with the spirit when we're engaging in these conversations so that we can know that we have the power of God instead of trying to do it on our own. Wow. You know, I think that's a big, big thing that I need to remind myself of all the time too. Yes. (laughs) You know, and what a gift, what a gift the Holy Spirit is that we're able, that we have access to that. Right. And I just think that that's so important to think about. Going back to Matthew 10, 16 through 20, when it says, Beware of men, for they will deliver you over to courts and flog you in their synagogues, and you will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them and the Gentiles. I think that just goes to show that the gospel message, it is life, but also it causes division and People will hate you because you are sharing the good news of Christ. Yeah. And I almost think sometimes for me, I don't feel like I'm hated enough for my faith. Because if I was truly following Christ and I was truly being obedient to him and sharing the gospel, then I would have more interactions that are not pleasant at all, you know, and, and that are, you know, that are people who reject the message. So I think it's important to note too, that it's like, we will, we will be persecuted if we follow Jesus. And this is one of the ways by sharing the gospel, right? Yeah. Um, persecution is heavily highlighted in scripture about people who share the good news of Jesus all the time. And Hmm. thankfully we don't see a ton of like, you know, physical persecution in America, but um, it is true that uh, like people get persecuted all over the place. Do you think that's coming? Honestly, yeah. I mean, we look at like people who I think, I mean, I've seen a few videos recently, people who are just not necessarily sharing the gospel, but they're sharing things that God stands for. Um, I've seen videos of uh, a pro-life um Basically, it was just a Q&A. Like, they went to a college campus, and they were like, hey, we have um, people here to answer questions if you want to know about um, pro-life and, like, what we actually stand for. Mm-hmm. Um, it, there was just this, like, mob of people, like, shouting all these horrible, hateful words, and they assaulted this girl who set it up. And um, then there was another girl... Um, Riley Gaines, do you know her? She's the swimmer. Mm, um, I don't, and I'm not familiar with her. So she was the one who like tied the like transgender dude, and oh, uh, oh yeah, but, like yeah. like totally like taking away like women's rights, and was like, let's let this dude totally take away like this woman's amazing achievement. Um, but she's like now going around talking about like, um, equality and fairness and like, um, sticking up for like, just sticking up for women and like being fair and like Mm -hmm. actually treating them right. So like these things, there was like some sort of like mob protest too. And I heard something about like somebody assaulted her and like, this isn't even the gospel message. This is just what we stand for as Christians. There are just aspects. And how much more hostility will be towards the the actual gospel. Oh, yeah. You know, because there are lots of these beliefs that come, that are derived from a belief in God, a belief in man being made in God's image and all these things. Mm -hmm. But what about the actual gospel? Like, that's the persecution just for those ideas, but there's going to be even heavier persecution for those that are preaching the gospel. Yeah. 
You know, I, I think that, yeah, it, it probably is coming, but you know what? Like, we don't have to be afraid of anything. Like, there's just so much comfort in this passage that you just heard. Yeah. Like, it talks about getting beaten, flogged. Like, that's horrible. But, like, we don't have to worry because the Lord is with us. And, like, okay, so what? So what if we die sharing the message of salvation? Guess what? Like, we're we're going to go be with the Lord. And we did our job. Like, these people have heard the salvation of Christ and like it's up to them um to accept it or not and, and if if not unfortunately the alternative is to go to their their ultimate choice which which is hell um which mm. which is horrible yeah and, and scary and i think that's like i think that that also has to be a focus is like the ultimate destination of people's souls. So like, regardless of persecution, regardless mm. of like how people treat us, um, we need to, to see the ultimate destination of their soul as a huge factor. Even that perspective going into, going into a conversation with somebody knowing that they are an eternal being somewhere. Yeah. And I, th- I think actually it was Matt Bridges that, has told me this before, but he always says that every person that you're interacting with is an eternal being. Yeah. Every single person. And I think it's just really interesting having this conversation because I think we're identifying certain strategies to even just go into an encounter with someone. Mm -hmm. Number one, realizing that they're made in the image of God. Yep. Number two, realizing that you don't have the power, that the power is through the Holy Spirit and you should not fear because you have God with you. Mm-hmm. And then number three, what you just said, which I'm blanking on for some reason. What? <laughs> seeing people as eternal beings? Seeing people, yeah, <laughs> seeing people as eternal beings, right. And that kind of goes back to, you know, being made in the image of God who, you know, God's obviously an eternal being. Um, but that's kind of cool. Like we're kind of identifying some areas and strategies to go into an encounter with someone and kind of positioning your heart in the right way to engage in a conversation like that, you know? And I think that that's really important to prepare your heart and to spend time in prayer too about certain people in your life that you know need the gospel. Um, and just praying that the Lord would open opportunities and open doors for you to share because there's sometimes it's not always the right time. And so something that Emily and I have really been praying about lately is just her family Um, They don't really know the Lord. And so we've been praying just like, Lord, open doors and just open their eyes. And so it was really encouraging because on Sunday, this past Easter Sunday, uh, her brother Dane came to Easter and he was asking us all sorts of questions during the service about different things that he was hearing the pastor say and he came out of the service saying, I've never heard a pastor explain it like this before, and it's actually making sense to me. So yes. that's like an answered prayer for us, knowing that the Lord's working in his heart, is working in his life. Um, that's so awesome. Just because, you know, and we didn't ever, we never really explicitly shared the gospel with him before that. Right. But we were always there and we were always around, and he felt comfortable enough for us to ask questions too, yeah. you know, which I think is really important. So I think there's there's a there's a time and a place for bold gospel truth proclamation, mm-hmm. and there's also a time for walking alongside someone and caring for them and loving them like Christ loves us, right? And showing that sacrificial love and living out the gospel, just as much as you are saying it, right? Because the Bible says we need to be doers of the word, and not just hearers only. So how do we do? What the gospel, what Jesus is calling us to do in the gospel, while also being able to be bold in in preaching what the actual gospel is, you know. So I think there's ways that you can be a gospel witness, and it kind of goes back to that conversation that you had with that guy too about you didn't just go up to him and say, "Hey, here's who Jesus is." It was a more casual conversation that led into something more deep, right? right? Which I think is cool. Yeah, man. The point about just living it out. It is so huge too, because, I mean, if you claim that you're a Christian, 
but you never share the gospel. And then also your life is looking a little sketchy. Yeah. Like, why would anybody want to be a Christian and want to do the things that you do? They probably think that church is just this weird club that you go to. Like, we need to make sure that we're putting to death, like, our sin. Mm. Like, like Christ came, he's redeemed us, he's washed us in his blood, we're dead to sin. Like, we need to stop living lives that are, are looking like the world. Like, why would anybody want to come to Christ if you're doing the same yeah. things that they are? Like, they just see it as restrictions, so if you're doing the same things that the unsaved people are doing, they just see Jesus as a somebody who's restricting them from their fun, you know? Mm-hmm. So we need to, like, get our act together and make sure that we're walking in righteousness. And, and it's not just—it's not like this workspace thing either. Like, if you're genuinely struggling with sin, like, give it to God every day. Pray. Yeah. Be in community with people that can keep you accountable and reject whatever your sinful thing is every single day because of who Christ is and what he's done for you. Yeah, definitely. That, that community. And especially like if you're in a community that is yes, not only holding you accountable to sin, but also if you, if you're in a community that is out external facing, preaching the gospel centered on the gospel centered on, um, sharing the good news with everyone around, then I think you're going to become more like that as well because you are heavily influenced by people that you are surrounded by. Yeah. And if the people that you are surrounded by are regularly sharing the gospel with other people, then you are going to be more likely to step into that as well. And so I think identifying those communities of people and engaging in those communities is important. Um, Because I think, and I think this is something... Honestly, like this episode, this is something that I really need the Lord to work on in me. Like I really need to be better about sharing who Christ is and sharing even my story of redemption um, and engaging in those conversations with people. And I think about all the different. So Peyton and I, for those of you who don't know, we live in the exact same apartment complex. He just lives in a different building. We live in the same room, actually. Live in the same room. (laughs) Us and both our wives. Oh my gosh. It's a little little awkward sometimes. (laughs) Oh man. But I think about, dude, like I think about all these people at our apartment complex that probably don't know Jesus that we have never once had a conversation with. Oh yeah that just walk in and out of our apartment and we don't engage, you know, Mm -hmm. and God has us here for a reason, you know? And so where are we not being obedient to to what he's calling us to do and how can we, because it's, it's a lot easier to talk about this than do it, do it, you know, like, and that's kind of what we were saying earlier is we have to, we have to do the word. We have to do Matthew 28, 19. We have to do Matthew 10, 16 through 20. We have to do Mark 16, 15 through 16. So I think that's really what it comes down to is just an exhortation to go and do like, go and be who God's called you to be, go and step into this, even though it's hard, even though it's difficult, even though it's going to cost you relationships and friends and it could cost you your life. Mm-hmm. I was listening to another podcast. Uh, um, another podcast? I know. I'm a, I'm a traitor. Wow. Repent. <laughs> <laughs> and they were sharing about the Middle East and how the fastest growing church right now is in Iran, Dude, in, in the most wow. Muslim country in the entire world. And hearing the heart posture of these people that are sharing the gospel is incredible. There are women that are saying, I will willingly give up my body as a living sacrifice to be obedient to Jesus. Even though I know that when I come home, I could get raped by multiple Iranian Muslim radical terrorists basically for sharing my faith and I'm willing to give my body to Jesus in that moment. Like there are people that are going to great lengths to share the gospel and we need to look to them as an example because Mm -hmm. these are people that are giving everything 
And I just pray that that's our heart posture too, you know? Yeah. Man. I mean, that just kind of fires you up. Like, these people are so bold about Jesus, and they're so bold to share their faith in places where they're literally, like, raped and killed all the time. So, I mean, we just, we gotta step it up, like. Yeah, big time. Like, just overall, if we, if we all could just share the gospel with, like, one person, you know, just think about, just think about one person that comes to Christ, like one person in your family, one person that is a friend, maybe, who doesn't know the Lord, like, we could, like, it could change, like, a generation, mm. you know? If, like, all the Christians just shared the gospel with one person and they came to Christ, um, it could do a lot. And then imagine that, you know, if we just kept doing it. Um, man, that'd be cool. I'm thinking uh, more about, like, some strategy-type stuff. With some people, the whole casual just talking isn't necessarily their thing like Mm. sometimes they're more like they need like okay i need to make sure i need to hit this point when i i see this person because like okay they're my mission i need to hit this point need to hit this point some people kind of work like that um as far as conversations go do you want to share maybe strategies that you've learned or like seen before that could maybe help like people convey the gospel message in a clear concise way but maybe it's not necessarily just this like thought flow process maybe it's like okay they're like i want to share the gospel how do i how do i practically how do do i practically do it in a concise conversation i think it starts with the law and it starts with the Ten Commandments, it starts with showing people their sin and then showing their need for a savior. You know, so you could start with the Ten Commandments and say, hey, have you ever, you know, have you ever told a lie? Um, You know, have you ever committed adultery? And most people, when they hear committing adultery, they think, oh, you know, going and sleeping with someone who's not my wife. But Jesus says that if you look at a woman with lust, you've committed adultery with her in your heart. And so have you ever looked at pornography? Have you ever, you know, I think it starts with with showing them their sin, showing them that they need a savior and that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23, showing them that Jesus came to live the perfect life that we could never give and die a sinner's death so that God's wrath could be placed on him. And that we might have eternal life because of that. I think it really, it starts with conviction of sin. And that's Holy Spirit empowered, right? Because the Holy Spirit is the one that's convicting us of sin. But I think it it really starts with showing people from the law. Because the law is written on our hearts. It's, you know, our conscience bears witness to the fact that there is an objective moral law out there. And so that's really where it starts. Yeah, I would agree. I think knowing that sin has caused death and sin causes the separation between you and God and it's caused I mean all all the problems we see in the world I think that's definitely I feel like that's also really easy to point out too yeah like you can look at anybody and say well have you lied yeah (laughs) like that that uh, disqualifies you from eternal life you know yeah yeah, I think that's a great point. What, hmm. what do you think about like tying in? Do you think you're able to tie in testimonies with that, or do you think that it wouldn't? It's not necessarily super concise if you tie in a testimony with like, okay, here's the law, this is what Christ did, and then do you think you're able to plug and play? testimony yeah type stuff like aspects I, I definitely think so 100 percent. because your testimony is the way that god works in your life right it's the way that it, it's what he's done to change you and transform you and i think people relate a lot better to stories and to what you've personally gone through because there's a lot of distrust out there with the bible with the old testament with the new testament 
And so I think sometimes people can be closed off when you mention that. And so inserting your testimony as, hey, here's what God did in my life. And here's the transformative power of the Holy Spirit and of Jesus and what he's done. Um, and then using that as tying that into the the law and everyone's sin falls short of the glory of God. And here's the hope we have in Christ. And here's how I, I experienced that. You know, like here's... For me, it was, it was pornography. It was, and I knew the thing is, is like, I knew when I was watching pornography or when I was getting drunk, that those things were sins. And I knew that they were bad because of my conscience. And so that can be tied into, okay, yes, here's my sin here has, here's what's happened as a result of my sin. And here's where it left me. And then here's where the hope of Christ comes in. And here's how Jesus changed everything for me in that. But I think that's a really good point because we can get carried away with like, okay, step one, step two, step three, we got to make sure we hit on all these topics, all these biblical topics that are essential to understanding the gospel. Yes. But also I think sometimes personal stories speak a lot easier to people and it's more natural, I think, sometimes to speak from your own experience, but I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think the way that you explained it is good. Like, like it does make sense that it would kind of sound softer-ish. Not that we want to water down the gospel, no. but it's like, it doesn't seem like it, it's this far off kind of thing. It's like, hey, the gospel has transformed me right here sitting next to you, telling you about it. It's not just this this thing, thing out there out there yeah that's for other people or that's distant but it's really pers- personal and relational and that's mm-hmm. the exact way that god is with us he's personal and relational so i think yeah and, and you don't need and the thing is is like you don't need to have this crazy story of transformation to insert your testimony yeah. when you're sharing the gospel no, you don't you have don't. to be you don't have to be a drug addict that finds christ and now all of a sudden you're not a drug addict you could just be an ordinary person that has grown up in the church or that has known Christ since you were like five years old. And that, yeah. that means that is still God working. Mm-hmm. And we get caught up in these people that have these great testimonies. And yes, that needs to be celebrated because God can rescue anyone from anything at any time. But I think there's, there's value in some of the more mundane everyday stories too of, of what God's done. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's a great point. Something that I was thinking about that I feel like we shouldn't miss is like the the whole caveat of like well not the caveat the I guess the two the two biggest points about like salvation like mm. coming to Christ is is repenting and believing. Yeah. So like we can share the gospel a lot. Um, and I feel like when we do, we can miss those points about turning from sin. Mm-hmm. I think, I think that there's a misconception about like, yeah, I've heard the message of Jesus, and then people continue to to live a life of sin, not knowing that th- they could potentially not be saved. Um, I don't know how to qualify the salvation <laughs> yet because um, I just feel like I'm not qualified to do that with somebody who professes to be a Christian and you know, lose yeah. life. But anyways, you That's don't, really you don't want that. You don't want people to be questioning whether they're saved or not, mm. you know, cause sin leaves room for that. And so the idea of repenting is like, okay, I'm done with living the life of sin. Like I'm turning from it. I'm running towards Christ. Yes. People will slip and sin, but they're not, the thing is, is whether or not you're in love with sin or you're in love with God. And so like, it's a constant war that you have to wage. And so like, when you, when you teach people about the gospel, like those aspects of repenting from your sin, not no longer seeking that above God. And then also trusting in Christ, like you trust Jesus with your life, with everything that you have. Um, and then you're saved. So like, we have to make sure those two things are highlighted. Yeah, that's that's really a good point because we've talked a lot about in this episode how to share the gospel. But what happens when you share the gospel and someone wants to accept Christ? 
How do you lead them through that? And that's exactly what you were just saying is repent and believe. Repent from your sin and believe in and trust in Christ. And that's a really, I feel like that's a really great place to kind of wrap this episode up too. Um, because that, it just really, it goes back to the fundamentals. Like you can share about Jesus, but what's the next step? And I think that was really great that you touched on that because people need to, they need to know what repentance really means. And, and repentance, we're always going to be, as Christians even, we live lives of, of continual repentance yeah. because we're always falling short and we always, and that kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier about we're on the, a level playing field in a sense with non-believers because we need Christ just as much as they do. Um, but yeah, that's a really, that's a really good point about repenting and um, yeah. Trusting in Christ. <laughs> Trusting in Christ is the best thing that we can do. The best yeah. thing we can do for others is to share the gospel and why why we should why we get to so yeah i'd I'd just say like as a couple or a last closing remark is just get out there and do it like go share the gospel with people and and if you're a little bit nervous practice with your wife your buddies your i don't know whoever's close with you you can practice like it's not weird to practice that and just be a light out there um Mm. seriously like we we did this series about disciplines because these these are ways that we go and we actually make war against spiritual darkness is we insert the light of god into these dark places and and a lot of people's lot like their personal lives are dark because they don't know christ so we get to go out and we get to to offer that light and life of Christ to people. Mm. That's so good. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us for episode two of the Make War podcast. We will see you guys next month. (laughs) Peace out. Go make war.